Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Hey, we've been in a, in a series, uh, and our series is called Christian Essentials. And this series is all about the basics, the fundamentals, the things that we're supposed to do as Christian people. And the reason why I feel like this is so important, and in particular these messages, is because we have this ability to misapply our priorities, you know? And it's not like we wake up in the morning and just think that we're going to squander our time, but it's really easy to happen. And if you want to know how much squandering you've been doing, your, your phone has this feature and if you take it out and look at your phone and, and, and see this feature called screen time, okay? And, and you look up how much time you've been spending on your phone. I, you know, I just think that no one wakes up and says, I'm going to spend three hours on my phone. But you would be horrified today if you check and see how much time you spent on it yesterday and how much time you spent the week before. Of course, it's okay if you're listening to the Bible Dwell app, okay? But apart from that, okay? But apart from that, right, um, it's really easy to get sucked in and give away our time. Some of you are thinking like, you know what? I'm not a phone guy. Don't care. Don't use it. Can we talk about the AFL for just a moment? Can we do that? It's like, you know, you just get yourself set up at the start of the weekend and all the way through, you can see heads nodding already. People saying, yes, that's me. It's like we give away that time. And, you know, the thing that I think is, is that none of that's wrong. You know, phones aren't wrong. We know the AFL's not wrong. And, and, and none of these things are wrong, okay? But they have this way of sucking your time. Now, here's the thing. Here's what we believe, is that God has a purpose for your life. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, if you were here at church today and you don't normally come to church, maybe you're far from God, you're not a Christian and you say, well, I can see right now that that guy with the microphone is speaking to all the people that know Jesus. Actually, I mean this for everybody in the room. God has a purpose for every single person who's in this room today, right? And the thing is, is that if you know God, you're just closer to that purpose. But it all, it all begins in the same place. We begin in, in, in a space where we don't know Him and it's a journey to get to know Him. And the thing is, is that I really believe is that if we want to fulfill the purpose that God has for our lives, it begins with us nailing the basics. Amen. So if we can do our part and, and learn to nail these things down, the things that we would call our Christian essentials, we position ourselves to be able to fulfill everything that God wants to do through His church. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but honestly, the church is God's hands and feet. He wants to work through the church. I... um. My, uh, I remember it was like November last year, November 14th, if I'm going to be precise, and I can be because uh, I remember going to my son Isaac on that day and I said, hey, buddy, I said, what do you want for Christmas? And uh, he always begins the same way. What's my budget? And um, he wants to know how much money he's got, you know, it's a good question to ask, you know. And so we have the budget conversation. And then, you know, I, I love my son, Isaac. He's so good. And uh, he just asked for things that I would never even think about. And he said to me, Dad, you know what I want more than anything else? I said, what? He goes, I want a jellyfish lamp. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, a jellyfish lamp. And it's like you turn the light on and you put the jellyfish in there and they're fake, but they float up and down and it changes different colors. And it's like, this is just something that he would love. And, and I'm like, okay, all right. Well, you know, let's, let's go find one. Well, I can tell you they're not easy to get, you know? And I'm like, who sells a jellyfish lamp? I don't know. So I ended up finding one online. I thought I'm going to order it. Uh, we'll get it sent to us. It was the 14th of November last year. 
So here we are, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and weeks are going by, and Isaac's like, hey, Dad, has my jellyfish lamp come in yet? I'm like, no, it hasn't come in yet. And I'm waiting, and I start emailing the people, hey, hey, Christmas is coming, you know, like, you, you got to help us out here, right? Well, Christmas comes and goes, guess what? No lamp, right? New Year's comes and goes, guess what? No lamp, right? We get to the very end of January, right? Still no lamp, right? It's just not coming. He says, Dad, where, what, what is happening? I'm like, son, these people have stolen our money. They have taken it. They've taken, I'm going to check my credit card, make sure it's not being spent somewhere in, in some other country, you know? And, and, and so anyway, we, we're waiting for this thing that I think is never coming. But around mid-Feb, right? No joke, mid-Feb, I, I, I pull into the driveway and I could see this box that was, you know, at our front doorstep. And I said, I called it earlier. I said, Isaac, I said, hey, you know what that is? That's going to be your lamp, right? He's all excited about it. So we got out of the car and I, I got to the, to the box first, right? And I picked it up and I thought, oh my gosh, right? Um, I've never seen a box so dented, so battered, so bruised, so creased, right? I thought this thing um, doubled as a soccer ball for somebody at some, you know, department center somewhere and, and like, and now it's, it's the present. So, so we get it and we, we open the box and we go to get, get the thing working and I, I, I plug it in and go to turn it on, right? Nothing happens. Right? And so I'm like, what is going on with this thing? And, and I'm flicking the power on and off and it's, nothing is happening, right? So I grab it and, I, and it wasn't until I looked inside, but I looked in and I could see that one of the wires that was in there was severed, right? In fact, there was a lot of pieces in the bottom, right? You know, and, and, but the, the wire was severed. And I thought, you know, here I am trying to plug this thing in and turn it on. And it didn't matter how many times I made sure that the power was there, it was never going to work because the connection had been severed. Doesn't matter how hard I tried, the connection was severed. Guess what, church? If you want to have the kind of life that God wants you to live, if you want to do what God has called you to do, if you want to fulfill your purpose in life, you need to be connected to Him. All the power can be there. But if there's no connection, if it's severed, then it has nowhere to flow. It has nowhere to go. Guys, guess what? God wants to work through you, right? But there has to be some kind of connection to Him in the first place. You know, as Christians, let me tell you this. As Christians, God asks us to do things that I would tell you are impossible. Impossible. We, we in some way, I feel like we are held accountable for things that we can never do on our own. We just can't do it. Think about the gospel message, even as a basic, right? So what are we supposed to do? Make disciples of nations, heal the sick and, and, and raise the dead. And that's just the stuff in the book. I mean, how many of us understand that, you know, in our daily lives, God asks us to step out in faith and do things, right? And, and these things that I'm talking about, like, we need to be connected to Him in order for those things to happen, Sometimes I come up against problems, things that I, I just, I'm not sure how to solve it. And the truth is, a lot of the time Google fixes it, right? And, and like the time that I overfilled our car with oil and then I had to uh, find out what a sump plug was and drain all the oil from our car. And I did it. I tell you, I felt like a full mechanic, right? But after five minutes of watching YouTube, you can learn a lot of stuff. But the things that God speaks to us about, the things that we're held accountable for, I'm talking about kingdom things. Those things cannot be solved by just watching someone else on YouTube do what you're trying to mimic. 
You understand that? It's like you don't get to watch a sermon and see something or, or a message and say, well, I'll just repeat the process. No, because oftentimes it requires that we have our own connection with God in order to make it happen. And I've discovered that we can't borrow the anointing from other people's lives and just try to make it work in our lives. We may see them do it, but we can't necessarily repeat it unless we have our own connection. See, in order to do kingdom things, it requires that we have something deeper, a deeper and stronger connection. Now, the thing that we understand is, is that God wants us to bear fruit, right? He wants us to produce results. But if you wanna produce spiritual results, you need a spiritual connection. And Jesus understood this. And because He understood this so well, He said, I'm gonna teach my disciples all about how to have a spiritual connection, about how to make the impossible things happen. How many of you wanna hear that as well? I don't know about you, but I tell you what, there's a lot of things in my life that can use prayer. There's a lot of things that I just want to speak to, you know, and see shifted and change, right? So if we want to shift things in the heavenly realm, here's what Jesus said to His disciples. John 15, 5, He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides, another way of abides or remains in me, He says in other translations, but whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And then if you were, had a Bible with you this morning, and I, I can see many of you flicking to your Bibles right now to read them, the paper version that you carried to church today, you would, you would get out a pen, which you also have, and you would underline this next part. This is what he says, For apart from me, you can do nothing. I want to speak to you today about prayer. I think we've saved the best message to last. This is absolutely a Christian essential. Your ability to produce spiritual fruit depends on your proximity to Jesus. Your ability to produce spiritual results, right? think about how many things you pray for, depends on your proximity to Jesus. Now in a room like this, and even people that are watching online, we know that people are at different stages. So for some people, they're just trying to figure Jesus out. They don't even know what they believe. They're just trying to, they're, they're exploring the idea of this, you know, having a relationship with Jesus. Who is He and what does He say? And you, maybe you're not quite sure what you believe or where you sit on different topics or thoughts. And that's okay, you can figure it out. Let me tell you something though. Don't stay on the fence forever. Because, you know, statistically, people that decide that they're comfortable on the fence, they never end up making a decision. These things are too important to stay on the fence forever. So for some people, they're just exploring Christ. They're trying to figure it out. You know, for other people, they, they, they graduate to that, past that point. And they say, well, hey, now I'm growing in Christ. I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm developing, I'm understanding more about the Scriptures and what they mean, right? And that's a, that's a really good place to be if you're growing in Christ. For me, I often just think about it as direction. You just want to make sure you're moving in the right direction, right? So, so after you've been growing in Christ for a while, there is another stage that you can get to where you say, hey, you know what? Jesus and I, we're pretty close. I'm close to Christ. How many of you would feel comfortable saying, I'm close to Christ? I'm just close to Him, right? Not many. Oh my gosh, we'll pray for you all, right? <laughs> But there is a stage after that because you say, how could it get better than that? How can it get better than being close to Christ? Well, maybe this is what you're all waiting for because there is a place that you come to eventually where Christ is the center of your life. And everything that you do revolves around Him. 
Everything that you say, it revolves around Him. Your life is largely dictated to you by your relationship with Christ and He is at the center, which means what you do with your money depends on what God wants you to do with it, what you do with your job, what you do with your time. We want to be Christ-centered people where the decisions that we make for our lives and our futures all center around Him and what He has and what He wants us to do. I think it's incredibly important that we see that there are still ways to grow. We can still continue to move and grow and develop and go deeper in Him. You know, last year, last week it was, <laughs> last week, I just, it was on, a, uh, on Friday night, I had to do a wedding ceremony in the city, right? at 5 p.m. on a Friday night. Can you believe it? I said, why? This, this person asked me to be their celebrant, right? A person I haven't seen for 20 years. I said, yes. I should have said where first, and then, <laughs> and then I could have answered that question properly. And so anyway, it's, it's five o'clock in the city, and, and, and it's going to be at the Botanic Gardens. Now, <laughs> I got to tell you the truth about this. I have lived in Melbourne my whole life. I have never, ever been to the Botanic Gardens, right? <laughs> ever in my life. So before I had to go to do the wedding, I'm looking up the map and I'm trying to figure out where things are. And I'm, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I've, I've figured it all out and I put it into my phone and it programs the distance and calculates it. And I leave even earlier than that because I want to make sure that I'm not, you know, late to this wedding. So anyway, I hit Hoddle Street on the way down and it is just bumper to bumper, right? And, and, I'm, and have you ever been late for something? Firstly, I hate being late. I'm pretty good at it, but I hate being late. And, and I, anyway, I'm, I'm starting to feel the pressure because I'm thinking, man, I, I got to text this guy and say, buddy, I'm still coming. I'm still on my way. I, I promise you, I'll do the ceremony today. And so anyway, I'm starting to feel the pressure. And eventually I, I get there and I, 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 I park. I, there's too many one-way streets in, this, in our city, right? Anyway. I get there and I park the car and I get out and then it's like, you need to pay to park here. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, like the machine is broken. What am I going to do? In the end, right, I finally step inside the Botanic Gardens and I'm having these nightmares, these flashes, right, of everybody waiting and people just going, where have you been? Like you've ruined their entire day. And so I'm feeling the pressure and I think I got to figure out where it is. So I pull out my phone. And I get Apple Maps or Google Maps. I don't know which one it was, but I pulled out one of them. And I'm like, okay, now I just need to find out how to get from where I am to where I'm going. Now, the Botanic Gardens is big, right? And paths aren't straight. It's like these things go in any direction. So I pull out my phone and I'm looking at the, the, where I am on the map, right? And I start to move, but it doesn't. Why? There's no connection. There's, there's, there's no signal from the tower to my phone. Now I'm starting to panic because now I don't know where it is and I don't know how late I'm going to be, right? In the end, right, I just eventually tried to memorize where I was going and eventually I found it, right? You know, when I got there, there was like three people there. No one knew where to go. It was like, and, and, and people ended up arriving like, I think we started the wedding like 45 minutes late or something like that, you know? But, but you know, the, the, the problem that I had, right, is that I had no connection. And what I really needed was direction. I could tell you that God wants to give you direction in your life. But that direction largely depends on your personal connection. How many people do you know who say, 
I don't know what my gift is and I don't know what my talents are and I don't know what God wants me to do and I don't know what my next step is, right? And we don't know these things. And sometimes the reason we don't know it is because we just don't have that connection that we're supposed to have. Now, listen to this. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, when you follow me, right? He says, if you're not, if, or he says, if you're not connected to me, he didn't say you might produce some low level results. He, he, he didn't say, or you won't accomplish much. He said, you can do nothing without me. Now, when we follow God's direction for our life, it produces fruit. It produces something. And God wants to see that happen in our lives. But it happens because we're connected. He says, apart from me, if you try to move in a direction and, and produce things on your own, He goes, apart from me, you can do nothing. I looked it up in the Greek to see what it meant in the original language. You know what it meant? Nothing. You can look at that word in any language. It's nothing. You're not able to produce anything without being connected to Him. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I read the Bible and I'm one of those people that I want to put it to the test. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, come on now. I see what, I see what Jesus said there and I'm not, I don't want to say that He's wrong, but people produce stuff, right? I mean, businesses are run by people that aren't even Christian and they build them and they function and they work and they make profit. So how can He say, apart from me, you can do nothing? It's because the things that He's talking about are not just earthly things. Listen, you can build a business. You can build a family. You can succeed in different areas of your life. I think the question that we're supposed to be asking is, what do you want me to do with this business, God? What do you want me to do with this next opp opportunity, God? How do you want me to respond in this relationship, God? How am I supposed to act in this circumstance? And when we continue to hand our lives over to Him, it doesn't produce just earthly fruit. It produces something more significant. It produces something spiritual. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And when we produce spiritual fruit in our lives, it begins to touch the lives of other people around us. And we often call the things that are producing spiritual fruit in our lives, we often can refer to that as ministry. It ministers to other people. It helps other people. This is important for us to understand. See, I find that so many of us, we are busy with activity. We just got so much going on. Did you promise yourself that when things were, uh, COVID was over, that you, you're like, oh, I'm just going to simplify my life only to discover, no, nah, we just picked up where we left off and now we're back and, 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 and things are busy again. We have so much activity that's going on. And that activity sometimes uh, just gets in the way of the fruit that God wants to produce in our lives. Here's something for you to remember. You are a spiritual being inside a temporal body right? Which one is more important? We spend an exceedingly large amount of time worrying about the things that are on the outside, right? When we should be concerned with what's happening on the inside. Right? You are created in the image of God. We call that Imago Dei. You are body, soul, and spirit. He's Father, Son, and Spirit. You are created in the image of God. And He wants you to be able to produce spiritual results. And we find ourselves incredibly busy. You got to see that your life is part of a bigger plan, that your life is part of a much larger future. 
You know, think about this. Even when it comes to church, right? We can be so busy just doing stuff, getting things happening. There's a lot to do. If you, if you don't serve or you don't volunteer or you've never been responsible or in any level of leadership in church, there's a lot of moving parts, right? And, and so we can tend to get really busy. And this would be my greatest fear is if we were busy with all the activity of church, but we weren't producing spiritual fruit. Can you imagine that? It's like we're all working hard and we're trying to get it all done, right? And we're, we're doing all of this activity. And remember what Jesus said? He said that all of this activity, work as hard as you want, right? But if you're not connected to the vine, you will not produce what you're trying to produce. It's so important that we are connected to Him for the things that we do. And I think that this is amazingly important because the, how's the way that we connect with Him? It's prayer. That's how we connect with God. It's through prayer. It's through dialogue. It's through communication. It's prayer. See, there's no relationship with God without prayer and there's no fruit in ministry without relationship. That makes what we're talking about, this thing called prayer, that makes it a Christian essential. It's a basic fundamental. These are things that we need to get right in our lives. And the more that you spend time doing this, the more spiritually sharp you become. It is so important for us to be spiritually sharp. You take your axe out into the forest and, 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 and it's dull and blunt. You'll be chopping at that thing all day and not making much progress. But what if you just sharpen the axe? What if you just got a little bit sharper? And instead of, you know, experiencing the same result over and over and slaving away with all the busyness and the activity, come on now, I'm not just talking about church. Think about your business. Think about your family. Think about relationships. Here you are hacking away, not making much progress. What if you were just a little bit spiritually sharp? And you're a little bit more focused and God was able to speak to you and then you just sharpened up. You would cut through that thing in much quicker time. Why? You're spiritually aware. See, this is the life that God has called us to. Please don't walk in spiritual dullness expecting that this is the upper echelons of the Christian experience and say and conclude it doesn't work. Hey, listen, God's calling you, church, into something deeper. Something deeper. We have so many things. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm projecting. I don't think so. I have a lot of stuff that needs prayer. We, we, we need prayer for direction in our life. God, where do I go? What do I say? You know, what's next? What's the next step? We have to pray for people, people that don't know Him. What, what if our axe was sharp enough to cut through what's happening in other people's lives to the point where we could give glory to God? We're like, I prayed for that. You know, we need to pray for people. We need to pray for opportunities to share our faith. Come on, that's a basic fundamental. How many times have you just tried to share your faith and maybe it hasn't worked, but I wonder what would happen with a lifestyle that was etched in prayer and then you take that prayer life into the same mission field and see how it works. I'm telling you, prayer leverages the kingdom of heaven and it starts to shift things that would ordinarily be impossible. We need to pray for our church, when I say our church, I'm not talking about the building, I'm talking about the people that are part of it. 
We need to pray for each other. Come on, that's why small group is so important. We pray for each other. What's happening in your life? What's really going on? You know, we, we, we can't actually do this authenticity thing from the pulpit right now. It'd be like the craziest confessional ever. I'm not prepared for that. You go to your small group and say, hey, here's where my life is. There, people will pray for you. We need to pray for people. We need to pray for unbelievable breakthrough. You heard the prayer requests today. We know the things that are happening in other people's lives. We need to see amazing and unbelievable breakthrough happen in people's lives. We need to pray for mission. There are people around the world. I think about it as we're coming into Easter and we know the persecution that happens around the world. We need to pray for people all around the world, for people that are in the mission fields and serving God. There's, there's just so much that we need to pray for. But here's the problem. Many Christians struggle with the one thing that makes everything successful. Isn't that crazy? Like just think about the myriad of things I just spoke about. But, but oftentimes Christian people struggle with the one thing that makes everything else work. That's what makes it function. Think about this. The gospel is the greatest message the world has ever heard. But God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Great. John 3.16. Amazing message. What does that mean? It means that you be forgiven for your sins, that you start a new life, you become a new creation, you live with God eternally. I mean, come on, this is amazing stuff. Now, let me ask you another question. As good as that gospel is, as powerful, think about all the power that's in the gospel. There's so much power in the gospel that it forgives everyone for every sin ever committed, such as the magnitude of Jesus' death on the cross. Think about how much power is in that. The only way you get access to that is prayer. Right? That's how it happens. It's not that the power isn't there and it's not that the power doesn't exist. It's there. It's just that people are not always connected to it. And you connect to that, the gospel, through prayer. What does the Scripture say? You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that He's been raised from the dead, then you'll be saved. We understand that, right? So prayer is the thing that connects us to God's power. Prayer is the thing that begins a relationship with Jesus. And guess what? Prayer is the thing that connects and maintains and takes us deeper into a relationship with Jesus. It's all the same thing. That's why it's a Christian essential. That's why it's just so important. So when I'm talking about prayer, and I, I guess I don't know everyone else's experience with prayer. So like for some people, I feel like prayer is the sentence that stands between you and your next meal. You know you can't eat till you pray over that thing, right? Maybe the best dinner in the world, but you've got to get that prayer out first, you know. So you've got to pray over your meal, uh, you know. And, and, and if that's all it is, it's just like this sentence that you have to say. Like I say this stuff to my kids sometimes, and I've said this before, but there's been a real race to get to the end of that prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for man. I'm just going to eat. And I'm like, hey, hey, don't you do that. You say that prayer again. Make sure you mean it. You know, like I'll say that stuff because, you know, I just don't want to run the risk of my kids becoming really religious. But it's easy to become religious, especially when you pray over your meal. 
you know, we do that really, really. You know, there are, there are hardly any scriptures in the Bible about praying over your food. A lot about forgiving people that hurt you, but, but you know, <laughs> but we pray over every meal. We sure do. We make sure we tick that box. Just make sure you cover it off. We used to have this prayer at home when I was a kid. For what we have received, may the Lord make us truly thankful. Amen. And that was it. And, and then we just say the same thing every night. And I'm not saying that, you know, that we were doing it religiously, but it's really easy to fall into the trap. So maybe for you, prayer is a religious thing. It's just a sentence that you have to say, some, some ritual that you have to do. You know, it depends on what your exposure has been to it. I mean, for some people, I feel like they think that prayer is like, uh, it's like, it's like Shakespeare, you know? It's like, yeah, have you ever heard somebody pray? And you're like, well, when did you travel back in time to the 18th century? Have you ever prayed with someone like that? And you can be a normal conversation and you can talk about getting a coffee. Hey, let's hang out. Yeah, bro, right? For the Lord speaketh to thine. And you're like, what the heck? Like, what is that about, right? And you, you hear these, these words that you've never heard. It's like they just became a, a totally different person. Like, that's just kind of bizarre. No, you ever pray with somebody that prays, and I've totally been guilty of this, but they just pray like really long prayers and they cover everything. And then they go silent because it's your turn to pray. And you're like, you literally covered everything. I have no, I have nothing. I have nothing. You've ruined this prayer meeting. The only way we're going to fix it from here is we're going to cycle back through everything you just said, but we'll take it one at a time and we'll just have to repeat everything you said, but go deeper. You know, I don't know. How do we fix this problem, right? Have you ever prayed with someone that just prays like that? And they just say it all? Or someone that prays and they say scriptures? in the middle of their prayer, but they say it and they know it. And they're like, Lord, this reminds me of the time in Ezekiel. You're like, whoa, you know Ezekiel? Yeah. And then they start to quote the scripture and you're like, I don't even know what that means, you know? And they start saying, you think, you think hey, I, I can't pray like this. I can't, I can't do what these guys are doing. Maybe I'll just leave it to the experts or people that are really good at praying. Now, the thing about prayer is it's just meant to be from your heart. Let me, let, let, me ask, let me ask you a question, right? Uh, and I want honesty this morning. Hands raised, okay? How many of you have fallen asleep in your own prayer? Yep. A, a lot of you are putting your hands up and the rest of you, we pray for your lying souls, right? So it's so easy to fall asleep in your prayers. Hey, who hasn't prayed? You got up early in the morning and you're like, you know, trying to stay awake and you're praying, right? What about this? Come on. Now I know, I know everyone has done this. I'm not even going to ask. I'm just projecting now, right? But how many, many of you have been into your prayer a couple minutes and then you got distracted, right? All right, come on. Some of you are like, ha, ha, ha. So, so what about this? You get up in the morning and you're set to have some prayer time with God and your prayer begins. Dear Jesus, I want to thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do and for all the things that I'm going to have to do. I've got a lot of things to do today. Actually, God, I've got a lot of things to do. Uh, gosh, you know what I don't have? I, I've got that bill that we've got. Did Sarah pay that bill? I don't know. I think I asked her to do it. Is it on the fridge? I don't know. i am got to make sure I ask her to, to do that. And, uh, oh, Lord, and... Um, 
and yes, help us with our stewardship or whatever. And, uh, um, and, and, and God also, hey, by the way, I woke those kids up 30 minutes ago. I don't hear the clinking of dishes in the morning. I should be hearing breakfast and people eating and people talking. You know what? They're probably still in bed. I can't believe it. You know, we're going to be late. How can I be late? I've got so much to do today. Speaking of late and what I've got to do, let me check my calendar. Um, I've got an, a, a, a meeting. Oh yeah, I've got that today. That's right. I do have that. And I've got that other thing at three o'clock. Man, I should probably pray over those. Oh, look at that. Notica- notification from Facebook. Okay, what is happening here, right? And then 15 minutes later, you're like, oh my gosh, I was praying. And it happens. And it's easy. It's like to get distracted in your own prayer, right? So you're going to come up against some obstacles in prayer. Okay, you will, right? Sometimes your obstacles will be, uh, I'm distracted. Sometimes your obstacles will be, I'm, I'm disappointed. Or maybe I'm, I'm disillusioned and, I, and I'm, I'm not sure. But if you struggle with prayer, you know why Everyone's laughing because you're in good company today. That's not a reason to stop doing it. Even Jesus understood that his disciples, right? There's no mentor better than Jesus himself, right? And he knew that they would struggle with prayer. So he tells them a made-up story. We call it a parable. In a parable, there's always one point. So we're not trying to draw out lots of points. We're just trying to draw out one point. And it's in uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 1. My little heading at the top says the parable of the persistent widow. It says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. That is the context for the story. Okay, so now we even know why he's telling them this. In verse 2, he said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Now, if you were to summarize the Old Testament law, right? How do we summarize the law? Love God, love people, right? We know that. Well, now we've got a judge who's trying to judge between people, but he doesn't respect the Old Testament law. This is not a good judge. In verse 3, it says, And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. That phrase, beat me down, in the original language, actually translates to, so that she doesn't punch me just below the eye. Yep. I'm going to give this woman justice because she, if I don't fix this problem, she's going to punch me in the face, right? (laughs) Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will God give just, will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. And now underline this part, pay attention to this. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? Have you ever felt like this widow? Where you need to go to God to get some kind of solution because you are in a helpless situation. That's where she is. She's in a helpless situation. Come on, how many diagnoses do you know of or have you heard of in the past 12 months? Where it was a helpless situation. It just required the answer to come from heaven. It's the only hope. It's the only solution. Or what about, have you ever felt like you're just in need? Well, we do have 
you know, bills or there's stuff that's coming up in our lives. We're, we're, we're needy or we're, we're going through some kind of oppression right now. Here's the truth. We all go through seasons where we come like this widow to the righteous judge. Because that's, just, that's, that's the point that we're supposed to see here. We're not supposed to read this story and say, ah, I see, sometimes God withholds justice. The entire contrast is this is an unrighteous judge versus a God who loves you and is only righteous. And the whole point is, is if the unrighteous judge gives justice to a woman because she begs him, how much more would our God give justice to his sons and his daughters when He already loves us. He's saying you can go to Him. You can speak to Him. You can ask and you can ask again and keep asking. You know, Jesus says something very important at the end of this parable. He says, when the Son of Man returns, what does that mean? Jesus is coming back. And when He comes back, the question is, will He find faith on the earth? This whole thing is about going to God in prayer. What's the connection we're supposed to make? We're supposed to connect faith with prayer. He says, hey, when the Son of Man returns, will He find a prayerless church, busy with activity, focused on results, but unable to produce them because they lack the connection that they're supposed to have with the God who gives all things to His church? He's the only one that can produce the kind of fruit that we're talking about. He says, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth? Will He find a church that's passionate about prayer and wants to connect with Him and wants to speak to Him that is connected to the vine? He says all of this to His disciples because He knew that they'd face discouragement. And sometimes we do. And we don't know why God answers some prayers, but doesn't answer others. The truth is, right? Sometimes there are people that are praying for the exact opposite thing about the same situation. How's God meant to say yes to both? The truth is we just let Him to decide what's the right thing to answer. Amen? Because if you can't trust God at this point, oh boy, you're in trouble. I, I, I pray to Him. I make it clear to Him. But then I trust Him. I trust that He'll answer the right prayers for me. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? What did He say? He said, God, is Father, is, is there any other way? Is there any way I could avoid the cross? Do you have something in your back pocket? Do you have something up your sleeve? Is there a, a last minute thing that we can do so that I could avoid the pain I'm about to experience? And then he says, but you know what? As much as I don't want that, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's what you want for my life. I'm, I'm totally moved by that. I could, you know, I could tell you a lot of things about prayer, but the most important thing you need to know today is do it. give you stories, examples, testimonies, right? But at the end of the day, the thing that I could teach you most, the thing that I would say the most, right? The most important thing to know about prayer is do it. Do it. Do it. 
Make sure you're connected to him. And Jesus says, you know, to his disciples, you meant to pray continuously. Paul says, pray without ceasing. It's like, how do you do that? Am I meant to be talking all of the time? Because I have a word count. I can't go over it. I'm like, I can't. So what am I supposed to do? It's like you're in an open dialogue with God all of the time, just being aware of His presence. Something happens and you just say it to Him in passing, like, God, this is what's happening. And, you know, you talk to Him throughout your day. It's just like there's an openness between you and Him. That's what we're supposed to have. You know, I told this story last week about Ian McCormack, who is this guy who was raised from the dead and has an amazing story. I guess I was just thinking about him. And uh, I remember actually picking him up to bring him to come and speak here at, at Bright Church. And uh, a couple of us on the team that have had to drive him have had the similar experience. But I remember I, I picked him up and we were on our way to church and he said, hey, so what's, what's tonight? Um, what's happening tonight? I said, oh, well, we're going to, uh, we got this happening and that happening. It's going to be a great night. And I was trying to explain part of it to him, right? And then he goes, and what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I was just thinking that you would speak like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that's why we got you here. Like, I don't know. Like, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? Right? But I didn't say anything because I was thinking about how to answer the question before I realized he wasn't even talking to me. It was weird because as, when I look in the rear vision mirror, it's only two of us in the car, right? But the whole time, you know, he was speaking to Jesus as if he was actually there because he actually was. And I was like, talk about a pass to fail. I'm like, yeah, of course Jesus is in the car with us. Like, you know, and, but then the truth is guys, it got confusing because then he's switching in and out of conversation. I'm like, is this for me or the invisible guy in the back seat? Because I mean, this is really hard to know. Could you just call us by name, say Ben, and then ask me the question, you know, like, I don't know. Right? He just spoke to him like he was there. You know why? Because he was there. And I realized that's what I want for my life. I want to be close to him like that where he whispers and I hear and he speaks and I know it's him. I realize this is the life that God has for us. You know, he says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I love what Moody says. He says, we talk about heaven being so far away. It's within speaking distance to those who belong there. We have a personal God who cares about us personally and wants to connect with us personally. Church is great, but we can't give you that. That connection comes through your relationship with Him. And you absolutely need it. It's a fundamental, it's just one of the basics. There's no relationship with God without prayer. There's no in fruit in ministry without relationship. It's a fundamental. It's a basic. It's an essential. And there are so many things that we need to, to pray for. I mean, think about the categories. Uh, there are so many things that we could pray for. It's like, you know, you could, you could, you could if you really saw things as they were, it's like you could get on your knees and start to pray and you could just keep praying. You could probably pray for hours if you understood everything that was going on. Sometimes we feel like we get stuck and we're not sure what to pray about or what comes next. And one of the things that we did is we just said, hey, there's a whole spectrum of, of, of prayer needs and, and why don't we put these things into category? And we, we created this thing called the prayer spectrum. And, and so you guys are going to see this on the screens behind me. But one of the things that we... Um, 
We know one of the categories that's really important that we approach God with is to be spirit-led people. We need to ask God for guidance in our daily lives, amen? And we need to pray for people. That's the other thing. We need to pray for other people. Those things are important. Things that are happening in their lives. We need to pray for evangelism and opportunities to share and pray into it. Like pray before it. Imagine, you know, here you are swinging the axe and it's not working, but you pray before it. And suddenly what happens is what was impossible before begins to shift. We need to pray for that. Come on. We need to pray for our church. We need to pray for, uh, to go to God and just thank in thanksgiving, just say, thank you, Jesus for everything that you've done in my life. One of the best ways to cultivate a great relationship with Jesus is to have an attitude of gratitude and say, I'm so thankful for where I am. I'm so thankful for what's in my life. We go to Him for repentance. What does that mean? The shift and the change in direction. God, I'm going this way. I've realized I was going the wrong way. Help me, help me, help me, Jesus, to head the right way in life, right? That's what repentance means, to turn direction. We need unbelievable breakthrough. I mean, how many things do you come across all the time that just require unbelievable breakthrough? And then finally, we need to pray for, for missions. We need to pray for local missions, global missions. The, the, even our partners, guys, imagine if we were just praying for all of our mission partners to be more effective at what they do. Wow, I'm telling you right now, it would make such a difference. And so all we're saying is, if you guys could just pray that every day, that'd be great. Of course, it gets a little tricky to remember it, doesn't it? Like, you're like, how am I supposed to remember all of that? Well, what we thought would be really cool is if we created a way to just guide you through that prayer. It has to be something that you could have with you all of the time. What could it be? And we thought, why don't we just take all of those little icons there and we put them on a wristband, just like the one that I'm wearing. And every morning when you get up, you see that wristband and you're like, I remember, I got to pray for missions unbelievable breakthrough and, and and you actually have a guided prayer on your wrist that you can just follow every day and you just pray through all of those topics you know if you look at it it actually does create the acronym spectrum look spirit people evangelism church thanksgiving repentance unbelievable breakthrough we cheated there and missions cheated and we're going to give you this today and we want to kick off just the most incredible prayer life in your life it's what we want more than anything else because we realize as much as we can do here in this place with this space is limited but what God can do in your life, if you have a connection with Him, it's unlimited. God can do so much. See, the thing is when you pray, it leverages the power of heaven. Come on, you got to start to pray more. You just pray over everything. Just pray over everything. But constantly in prayer. You got a you got a tough meeting today with a with a client that's been real hard, right? Dear Jesus, I pray right now. Open up this conversation. Give me a way to connect. Make this uh, pray for grace upon grace for this meeting. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, you've got bills that you need to pay. Pray, uh, Jesus, help us out here. Like we've stewarded our resources well, right? But we're just stuck at the moment. Give me a solution. Help me out here. I'm praying. I'm asking for help. I don't know what else to do. I'm I'm in a situation that's helpless, right? I mean, just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Every time you pray. You're getting heaven's authority over your situation and circumstance. How long do you want to swing a dull axe at a tree and walk in failure and say, guys, I, I can't, I can't seem to break through. Sharpen up, sharpen up, sharpen spiritually and then start to see what happens. And at the end of it all, at the end of it all, this is it. I'm going to finish with this. 
everything I'm talking about, it, there's this part of me where I, where I'm just really aware that what I'm saying to you is it'll be so great to pray because of all the stuff that God can do in your life. But the absolute best part of having a relationship with Jesus is having a relationship with Jesus. You know? It's to know Him. And to know Him. Like in a, in a close way where He speaks to you and He hears you. And you hear Him. Man, that's what we want. I want to pray. I want to pray for everyone who says, this is what I want for my life. Father, thank you so much that you want to draw near to us. God, sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we're disappointed. But God, we, we don't want to live lives where we sever the connection. I pray, God, that we would grow close to you. That our lives would become centered around you. You'd help us to nail these basics and above all else, this prayer thing that we need to get right with you so that we can connect to you. Everything that you want to do through your church comes by you speaking to us. So Lord, we want to be your hands and we want to be your feet and we want to grow close to you. And I pray for every person, whether we're watching online or just listening to this message this morning, I pray God that our spiritual lives would be set on fire and I pray, God, that every day, every day, throughout the day, Lord, we're just praying. We're just praying, constantly praying, constantly getting close to You. We pray for Your grace to help us to draw near to You. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.